Hello and welcome to our discussion on financial planning in a world of perma crisis, sponsored by PSG Wealth. The Oxford Dictionary in 2022 said that perma crisis, where it indeed feels like we're living in a world of uh, permanently being in crisis. And in this podcast discussion, powered by PSG Wealth, our guest is going to be reflecting on uh, a world living permanently in crisis and how to ensure your financial plans are robust yet flexible enough to withstand the next crisis and the one thereafter. I'm Muriwa Gavaza, writer with the Business Day and Financial Mail, and I'll be your host for this very fascinating discussion. And joining me for today, we have Nadev Desai, who is the head of sales over at uh, PSG Wealth. Nadev, greetings to you today. Hi, Madiba. Thanks for having me on your show. No, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Now, could you maybe give us some context as to the last year and the crisis that led to poor returns for investors in just about every asset class, specifically fixed income, you know, which you warned about earlier this year. We've been having a number of conversations about how tough things have been for investors and the investment climate at the moment. So maybe you could just give us a little bit of uh, that insight. Yes, thanks, Mutiwa. I think over the last year, we've definitely seen a, a concern for clients to want to move to a world of safety and, and put their investments in, in safe haven assets. And what we spoke about earlier this year was this idea that that, that flight to safety um, typically meant that lots of clients were moving towards fixed income. And what we actually saw and warned about earlier this year, then playing out this year, was that fixed income is actually not risk-free, especially in developed markets, where there's just been no capital volatility and, if anything, capital upside for the last few decades until this year. So if we can just unpack what fixed income is a little bit, uh, just so that we can uh, continue with the discussion on the context. So fixed income does include cash, but it also includes government bonds. And terms of maturity and credit risk is where the issue lies. And so when you're talking about a term to maturity of 10 years of having to wait to get your capital back, it is the credit risk and the, the, the delay to maturity that creates that uncertainty, especially in risk-off environments. And so what investors saw for the last year is that um, as interest rates started going up, the capital values of those those fixed income uh, portfolios started coming down. And this, this is in big contrast to for the longest time, if we think about the period from 2007, 2008, the global financial crisis for the last 12 years until this year, central banks have been stimulating economies with free cash and interest rates have been coming down to all-time lows. And so this was actually a boon for overall returns for and, and, and low risk for fixed income invest, investments. And clients would have uh, falsely started thinking that this is the new normal. But the chickens did come out to roost. And abnormally low interest rates started moving towards high interest rates as central banks started to in, in, increase interest rates to help curb inflation. As we, we thought that uh, uh, central banks started thinking that, that um, transitory inflation was actually starting to become sticky inflation. And what that meant is that yields that, that investors bought a couple of years ago at ultra low rates meant that the capital values uh, started coming down on those super low yielding um, uh, fixed income uh, assets that they bought because you can buy better assets when interest rates go up. 
And so those investors that were sitting now with, with fixed income portfolios that they bought previously were sitting with capital losses. And so with inflation picking up in 2021, it, it now with hindsight seems like this was an easy thing to see coming. But unfortunately, like anything in investments, you cannot see the timing of those changes in, in, in fortunes. So specifically for South African investors who um, who are probably the majority of who are listening to this podcast, they would have also typically, over time, various times, uh, benefit from a rand weakening against the the U.S. dollar. And so there is this 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 false sense of 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 comfort around fixed income. But then as inflation started to pick up in 2021, and we saw supply chain disruptions exacerbated by the Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2022. Sticky inflation to the upside could not actually be brought under control by any other means other than aggressively raising interest rates. And central banks across the world just had to do this. And this included the Reserve Bank in South Africa. And so where fixed income would normally have been seen as a less risky asset class than equity. Um, in 2022, there was just indiscriminate selling of all sorts of asset classes, including equities, including fixed income, including uh, listed property. And in uh, this kind of environment, we saw losses on fixed income last seen possibly in the 1970s. And so from peak to trough, both fixed income and uh, equities fell by about the same amount, by as much as 25% overall. And so this idea that you could have found a place to hide actually just did did not uh, materialize and, and in fact was very difficult to, to, to pinpoint at the time. And so... With hindsight, we can now say maybe the only place you could have hidden was the U.S. dollar, specifically in cash. But on the other end, we do know that that is an asset class that you do not want to hold if you want to keep pace with inflation. So, yes, it's been a very difficult year, and it's particularly for investors who are looking for a safe haven or safer haven in fixed income portfolios. Very interesting to hear you saying that, uh, Nadev, because, uh, you know, like what you said earlier on, when you typically think of fixed income, you're thinking about the bonds. So it was great to get a sense of the fact that fixed income does include things like your cash, because when it comes to bonds uh, specifically, you always hear that this is probably the safest, the most stable type of investment that you're probably going to get the government bond. And to sort of see how things have fallen off is, uh, I guess it it shows where we are right now and alludes itself once again to that issue of crisis that we're talking about just now to say that whatever thinking or traditional investment philosophy thinking or theory uh, that has been pervasive over years is being challenged it's constantly being challenged by the crisis and current environment that we're in so now you've painted us that picture of where we are and how we actually got there um, when you look at things like that I mean, in terms of fixed income, but maybe peering a little bit into the future. Can we expect that those negative returns are going to continue when it comes to the fixed income space? Good question. So when one thinks about in, in fixed income, one now does realize that fixed income does come with its own set of risk characteristics that will mean that returns do not come in a straight line. And so the good news is when one looks at the valuations of where fixed income right now is right now relative to, 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 to its long-term history, many asset managers, investment managers are actually thinking that the, the embedded risks are, have now already played out and there's actually 
quite substantial uh, opportunity uh, within the fixed income from a valuation and a, re- a future returns perspective. So, so absolutely no, one cannot look at the past and say that's an indicator of future performance, as you often see on the labels of, of funds and, and portfolios. And most importantly, within a diversified portfolio, fixed income should always be considered as a a, a very attractive class from a diversification perspective to hold. It is generally very uncorrelated to growth assets like equities. And so with the valuation uh, from an upside potential perspective of fixed income, together with the uncorrelation with with other assets that you hold in a portfolio, it could very well be a good time for many investors to 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 consider and get back into fixed income if they have moved out of fixed income i think this uh that statement to say that the characteristics that have traditionally made fixed income uh, attractive are still there and this might be a good time for you know certain types of investors to get into the market because you're getting into more attractive point in the cycle does lend itself to a previous conversation we had with adrian about the fact that uh, sometimes that emotion that comes with being an investor sometimes you're you're trying to rush and get out of the market and sell 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 but this if you take a step back and you look at the evidence on the ground you might see that there could be good opportunities that seem counterintuitive that are available for investors but uh, switching over to you know where we began this conversation that term perma crisis that has been cited by the oxford collins dictionary as being the word of uh, word of 2022 what's your understanding of that and how should investors be thinking of that so it's it's absolutely true you know i think if investors feel like there's just been this relentless pressure on the the assets and trying to make a a direction into into the future to to achieve their financial goals and while it may feel relentless it's actually worthwhile to just say you know what there have always been uh, points in the cycle through history where you could look at the risks to the downside and and be fearful and so one it is important to think about your financial plans as being robust enough to achieve your your long-term objectives but at the same time you need to think about your 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 financial plans as being flexible enough in the short term to be able to cater for when life happens because life does happen you know circumstances change um you know people go through 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 sabbaticals or retrenchments or an addition to the family and those put additional financial pressures on the things that are within our own environments as well as the the the, the environments that play out with with with, uh, surround surrounding us so in this world of permanent crisis i completely think that this word is is new to our minds but it's actually been a, a a condition that's always been there one needs to create plans for a world of constant change and to think about not Oh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event if we're thinking about the global financial crisis or the COVID pandemic or we see the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine. There will always be events like this. And so it's, it's, it, it's, it's important to think about how you plan for a robust yet flexible enough financial plan to deliver those growth requirements that are required. And so what we at as PSG Wealth do with our clients is we look at lifetime cash flow financial planning in order to give your long-term growth assets the luxury to 
the, of time in order to deliver the, the the investment returns that are needed for your for your growth portfolios and and your growth objectives, as well as planning for those shorter term needs that will meet the the, the, the requirements that happen in the shorter term or from an emergency perspective, and so. You know, our clients have benefited very well from that. Um, they they have again in this year, in 2022, voted as South Africa's stock manager four years in a row. And so this is definitely a way that one needs to think about how does one navigate a perma crisis that's going to be hitting us again in the future in a robust yet flexible way. It's certainly true that we do live in a world of constant flux. And when you just look at uh, the last 30 years, uh, there, there seems to literally be a crisis almost every single decade of some sort. It just so happens that uh, right now we've been caught with a number of crises all at the same time. Uh, but there is that constant flux. So, you know, having those adaptive plans within one's financial and investment uh, planning is always a great way to at least hedge yourself because um, you can't expect that there's going to be stability because history and the current situation is showing us the fact that uh, that is not the case. So when it comes to, I guess, uh, adapting to that world of constant flux, we've spoken quite at length about uh, fixed income, the issues in fixed income, and um, the opportunity that still lies in fixed income. What have other asset classes done? And uh, is there an alternative to to fixed income to get some of those returns? I think you had started alluding to it uh, earlier on. Perfect. So, Madhira, I think the, the important bit is to have an understanding of the expectations of different asset classes. So I think the, the one key learning that we took out of 2022 is that there were perceptions around a, a certainty around what you expect on, on from fixed income that didn't play out the way many investors expected. But had they gone through long enough history, they would have seen that 40 years ago this happened, this happened before that. Um, and so this is not necessarily unusual. And what you want to do is to make sure that a, a financial plan considers the the opportunities and the risks that different asset classes deliver. And so one, it is important to not only have exposure to one asset class like fixed income, or equities if you have different cash flow requirements over different time periods. And so if one is talking about looking for growth opportunities, there is no better opportunity than being invested in equities, but you need to have time on your side to do that. And so if we think about what to expect from, from equities, it typically it should be a real return of about 6% above the inflation number of, 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 of a country like South Africa. And that does mean that you need to give a time through a, a market cycle in order to deliver that CPI plus six kind of return. So what, what are we talking about when we're talking about time? You know, it could be as little as five years, but typically one should be talking about seven years plus being that time horizon that you look at, at, at getting those great attractive inflation beating returns. And so, you know, on the other hand, you have uh, in investors that may think, oh, but that sounds a little bit pedestrian. But I'd like to maybe just uh, position, you know, one who's considered one of the most respected investors in the world, Warren Buffett. And did you know that over his, his entire history of, of investing, he's had a return of about 20% per annum over his career. And that was a career that had years of negative returns. 
and also years where there were specific stocks that would have done better than what his portfolio did. And and the lesson that I take out of that is that it is important to have a clear investment objective and, and what you want your portfolio, your investment to do for you. Secondly, you need to think about having to invest timelessly and time in the market in order to deliver those returns in the most appropriate period. And so a time horizon is very important. They often talk about time in the market rather than timing the market. And lastly, think about the way you, you need to diversify the risks embedded in any asset class, which would help you achieve more consistent returns uh, more consistently and more often. And so this is where if you're thinking about equities as your growth portfolio, there is a lot of value to be had by combining that with something like fixed income or listed property that behaves in a very different way towards uh, to, to, to the return profile that you will get out of an equity portfolio. And so fixed income is still a very important asset class and a great asset class in order to get uh, a diversified portfolio that, that delivers more consistent returns for clients and investors. Now, if someone was to look at uh, the history of the market and even just the most recent decade, there's a lot of evidence that shows that people are craving super returns. Uh, when you look at uh, the run that's been had in global technology stocks, when you look at the crash that's been had in things like your cryptocurrencies, a lot of speculative uh, type of activity uh, going in the market because people are chasing those high returns. So just reflecting on what you've just said about allocating you know, a portion of capital between different asset classes, someone might sit and just say, but Nadev, that's just going to give me the average of uh, the different asset classes. Why not just choose one that has the best outlook? Uh, absolutely. And I think uh, it, it's it's something that that you, you're absolutely right. I've heard a lot of investors uh, playing devil's advocate and saying, why don't I just buy the, the, the best asset class? One, we know that uh, past performance does not indicate what's going to happen in the future um, and you know whether we're talking about cryptocurrencies or we're talking about global tech stocks we can see that that is not the case if you are chosen uh, from a trend analysis perspective or, or technical analysis one of those 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 growth characteristic stocks you would have been badly burnt this year secondly the, there's nothing that's inherently wrong with global tech and one year's return does not make a summer. And so we need to think about how do we allow different assets within, for instance, equities, um, the time to deliver on the good returns that are inherent in them. And so a time horizon is very important, as well as understanding the characteristics of the market cycle, where those portfolios will be rewarded and where they need to be supported by other assets that will give them the time to deliver on on the returns that we know will come out of quality assets, for instance. And so it is important to then have a basket of, of, of assets, whether they are assets or asset classes, that behave differently. And when you have those portfolios that behave differently, you can underweight and overweight those portfolios in order to give you a better return than just the average. And this is the beauty of multi-asset portfolios. 
you know, typically pe- people would 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 see those as as balanced portfolios or, or or stable portfolios or preserve a type of portfolios or flexible portfolios that make a combination of as many reasonable asset classes that complement uh, one another to give you a, a better outcome than what you would had you just um, uh, held an average of all those portfolios. And so the, the misnomer that you will just get the average is is not true. And and you do get a better risk-adjusted return by holding an uncorrelated diversified portfolio of stocks and, and asset classes that, you, that, that are aiming to deliver on a specific investment objective. So as we come to the end of uh, today's discussion, Adev, just bringing everything together, this, these different themes that you've been highlighting throughout the discussion, issues around uh, different asset classes, issues around timing versus uh, time in the market versus timing uh, the market, all of those uh, things that you're talking about. And uh, most importantly, uh, the fact that we are in this perma crisis, we are in this time of flux is uh, with that rapidly changing environment, should people be fundamentally uh, changing their investment and financial plans? Or is it an issue of maybe tweaking things here and there? For someone who's been listening and might be wondering, what is Nadev actually saying? Is he saying that I must just completely change the entire thing, uh, throw the baby out of the bathwater? Or should I just be tweaking just so that just understanding the fact that things are bad right now, but it's one year, like you said, as opposed to a long term trend? It's it's important to to know what to expect from your portfolio, Mudiwa. And I think a lot of clients are not necessarily up to speed of what to expect from their portfolios. So whether we're talking about the attractive returns that Warren Buffett got out of equities, or whether we're talking about the the the, the consistently good returns that one can get reliably out of South African stocks from any of your quality asset managers that sit within South Africa, you're going to get good inflation-beating returns. However, those portfolios will need time, and it's important to understand how much time is required to deliver those returns. And as we mentioned earlier, seven to 10 years is what one needs to, needs to, to have on your side. It is important to also understand that once every five years, one should expect negative returns from your portfolio over a one-year period. And so what we experience over the last is actually not that unusual. But if you are trying to time the market, you're going to end up with not being in the market at the right, at the time when markets deliver what we know that they do deliver. And so for those investors who at the beginning of the year decided they're going to sit out and they're going to wait, and let's say they did call a, a specific asset class right and went to US dollar cash, they would have experienced a, a, a rad strengthening over the last uh, couple of weeks. They would have not experienced participating in the 17.5% growth that the Aussie did over the months of October and, and November. You know, and, and that you can never, never make up again. We've, we've done, uh, and, and globally, lots of stu- studies have been, have been done on, on investors as, as intelligent as, uh, as, as we can find them that are able to constantly time the market and get that, that core correct. And so it's important to give your portfolio the luxury of time. It's important to have your plan reviewed to see whether you have the right underlines in order to deliver on your plan's investment objectives. 
And if your plan is robust enough and has been done well, there's no need to go make changes to that plan, to, to your question, Madhura. Um, and what you want to make sure is that if anything has changed in your life in the last year, whether there is anything that you need to then change within your financial plan. But if nothing has changed within your plan and you have a good financial plan done for you in the first place, an annual review will pick up any of the, the tweaks that need to be done in order to make sure that your plan is robust, you're flexible enough to deal with the world of permanent crisis. All right. So that brings us to the end of a very fascinating discussion, just highlighting the fact that uh, we are in a time of uh, permacrisis. That is Oxford Collins Dictionary's uh, word of uh, uh, word of 2022, just highlighting the fact that uh, we live in a world of uh, constant flux. There's a lot that's going on in terms of moving literally from one crisis to another. And the stability that some people crave is currently just not something that is a reality and people's investment plans need to be reflective uh, of the environment that we're in. And one of the big things that uh, Dev has been able to share with us is the fact that different asset classes actually offer different uh, characteristics and attributes. Fixed income has always been thought to be a very stable type of investment, but at the moment it has been falling off a little bit. But in the long term, it will likely retain that. And uh, as investors, you sort of have to, you know, steal it. Uh, You must have those nerves of steel, take a step back and just look at what's on the ground because things are bad right now, but uh, there is a lot of opportunity at the moment. And then at the same time, looking at those plans and instead of just going out and changing everything, rebalancing it for the current environment, making the appropriate tweaks because um, I think the overarching message that he was preaching for today is time in the market as opposed to trying to time the market. So that's been it. Thank you so much. We were talking to to Nadev Desai, who is the head of sales over at PSG Wealth. Nadev, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your insights with us. Badiwa, thanks for the chat and thanks for the opportunity. So that has been uh, our podcast uh, on uh, financial planning in a world of perma crisis, sponsored by PSG Wealth. I've been your host, Mliwa um, Gavaza, writer with the Business Day and Financial Mail. Remember that you can subscribe for free episodes on iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts.